everybody and welcome along to episode 19 of Arsehole Animals with Alice. I'm your host, Alice Vasalo, and today we're diving in to talk about the true masterminds behind organised crime. Today we're discussing orca. I'll give you a quick rundown of this species and then we'll bring on our guest. Orca are the largest member of the dolphin family and the only members of the genus Orcinus, which in Latin means from the kingdom of the dead, which is totally not creepy at all. While there is only one type of orca species-wise, there are different ecotypes of orca, which is sort of the word for tribes. Each ecotype has a different language, hunting behaviour and food preference depending on their region. Orca can be found in all oceans and most seas, although common places to see them are Iceland, Norway, New Zealand and from California up to British Columbia in Canada. They are apex predators, nothing hunts them in the ocean, but everything and its grandma is on the menu for an orca including other dolphins, great white sharks, and even young blue whales. They commonly hunt things like seals or penguins, but they also take a lot of fish and squid too. Really, the only thing they haven't been recorded to be preying upon in the ocean is us as humans. So it seems like the Tories are safe from the wrath of the orca. For now. Orca live in large pods with a complex matrilineal social structure, meaning each individual is identified with the lineage of its mother. The one thing that everyone knows about orcas, however, is how intelligent they are. We know they form unique social bonds and even culture within their ecotype. They experience grief over the loss of a loved one and feel a wide range of emotions. So, why are they on this podcast? Well, they have been documented to torment other animals in the sea and have been in the news lately for deliberately sinking boats off the Iberian Peninsula. But let's see if their reputation is deserved. So now that you're all clued up about Orca, let's bring on our guest. And now it's time for me to introduce my amazing guest. He's a zoologist, wildlife presenter and filmmaker. The phenomenal Billy Heaney is here. Billy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I don't think anyone's ever put phenomenal in front of my name before. Well, there you go. Like I, I, Every guest on this podcast is phenomenal because you said yes to my nonsense for the next hour. <laughs> you don't know what you've gotten yourself in for. You are I phenomenal. take it back. I take it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just clicks hang up. <laughs> yeah, bye. Shortest podcast ever. No, thanks for having me. How's it all going? Yeah, all good. Thank you. You know what? Thank you for asking me. No one ever asks how Alice is doing. So I thought I, was, I can interview you if you'd like for a change. <laughs> bring it on actually this would be great yeah I love it I mean this is going to be an exciting episode I think because uh during an episode I did with the phenomenal Bertie Gregory we discussed about dolphins and then nice. we said I was saying about orcas really do need their own episode you know they need their own thing rather than being lumped in with dolphins so and, and here we are to talk about yeah. orcas today so that's fantastic and I know that orcas have been in the news obviously in the last six mm. months which I'm sure we'll get into for uh this whole boat 
shabakle, which I'm super excited to delve into. But what I love about it is that the the sort of public are actually loving it. You know, it's sort of like a beacon of like yeah. standing up against oppressors and organize and you know eat the yep. rich and all of this sort of stuff. The Robin Hood of the Dolphin family, exactly. Yeah. The Katniss Everdeen of like the seas. <laughs> which um, I absolutely love. So, um, I mean, that's fascinating in itself. And I'm looking forward to sort of delving into a little bit about that, which I'm sure we will a little bit sure, later. I'm sure it will come up. I'm sure it will come up. I, it would be a shame if it didn't. Like, mm. no one wants to hear anything about orcas otherwise. They just want to hear about orcas tipping over boats. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with that in mind, Billy, I'll ask you the question that I ask every single person that comes my way on this podcast, which I f- really feel is probably the most important question, which is what animal do you think of when you hear the word arsehole? Politicians. Oh, zing, he went there. <laughs> no, um, what animal do I think of when, when I hear the word arsehole? Mosquito definitely comes yeah. comes to mind. That's probably a common one. You know what? Actually, um, nobody has nobody has said mosquito. Really? No, yeah, nobody says mosquito. Dolphins come up like I mean, my second one is probably bottlenose dolphin, yeah. to be honest. It's I think they're amazing. I had a phenomenal encounter. Ace phenomenal has been used again. Um, <laughs> there you go. So I had a Fantastic encounter. Let's let's mix up our lingo, otherwise it's just going to be phenomenal all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bottlenose dolphins, I, I think they're amazing. They're, they're just, you know, so intelligent, so big. I yeah. mean, not as big as an orca, but, you know, the ones that we have in the UK, pushing for me is long, the biggest bottlenose yeah. dolphins in the world. Yeah, but yeah. they are knobheads at yeah, times. Totally. Yeah. We, we say that, we say that yeah, lovingly. Exactly we say that lovingly. right. It, you know, knobheads with a little asterisk and it's like, yeah, oh, the, this is great, yeah. but... Kind of like the velociraptors of the sea in the sense yeah. that they're just, they're, they're too intelligent for their own good. Um, I've been quite lucky a couple of times when bottlenose have been, when I've been to guiding boat trips, whether in Cornwall, Scotland, when a bottlenose approaches you and it's bow riding or it's nearby, they often, and they did, I had this experience about 10 days ago Ooh, again, which yeah. was fantastic. Um, but when the bottlenose decides, A, it decides to come to you, and then it sort of, when they're bow riding, sometimes common dolphins will have a quick, you know, they kind of do this, have a little, uh, it's, no one can see what I'm doing. <laughs> I was going to so say, I don't I know like, why. do you want I'm to explain what you're doing, Billy? <laughs> I'm just looking around in my, in my spare room. So, you know, just you know, looking around. But bottlenose dolphins, I've had this two or three times where they, for a, those few seconds, seem to go on for quite a long time. Okay. They're very much looking at you in oh, one of their eyes. Out. A yeah. proper, and when you know, when you see that eye, you know someone's home. Yeah. And yeah, they, and they know they're clever. Yeah, as well. So, but here in the UK, we we see reports, and I've actually dissected a porpoise um, that mm-hmm. was killed by bottlenose dolphins. It was a female porpoise. She was pregnant, so the fetus died, and there was a fully formed. It was nearly full term, oh. and I dissected a porpoise and a common dolphin, both of which had been attacked by bottlenose dolphins, wow. and both spines had and ribs had been fractured and well, mm-hmm. just smashed, yeah. and actually. The, the breaking of the spine in the common dolphin and the breaking of the ribs in the porpoise is what punctured the lungs of both species oh, and that's awful. what killed them. Oh. And the thing is with bottlenose, they then obviously don't eat them because they're fish, yeah, fish yeah. squid, cowfish eaters. Yeah. At least with an orca, they do stuff like that, but then they eat the thing. Yeah. So, Dolphins, we, just doing it for fun, doing it, doing it for to, fun. Be a, to be a dick. Yeah. Shits and gigs, yeah. It's kind of so what, how they roll. Yeah. I'd say the marine arsehole is probably a bottlenose dolphin. Yeah, that is a really, really fair response. Um, funnily enough, um, you know, I did an episode with, as I said, the phenomenal Bertie Gregory, however many uh, months ago, but um, dolphins are the one that they're the only animals so far that I'm going to make a two parter of, a, of nice. this podcast because I don't think one episode was enough. <laughs> To go. Two. this time it's personal exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly right yeah. like to speak to another dolphin because i was just like you know an hour isn't 
as, a lot, as long as you need to get yeah, into exactly. how much of an arsehole dolphins can be. They really can be. And we so, love them for it. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I've yeah. had times where they're just, and then with common dolphins and bottlenose, they're, and they're just sex pests as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to themselves. PG 15, so, so we're keeping this was, podcast today. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, this other time I was working on the boat and call, like the common dolphins were just, you know, everything was going on. Right. And, um, and then actually the other week when just this bottlenose dolphin account I had the other day, the other week in the Hebrides, this, he had his wang out as wow. well. So I actually saw very close up in a very good, de- it was like flat calm as well. And so that's like sexual to harassment. The, well, you know, not to me or to the boat, but him and this dolphin, uh, yeah, they were they were having a lot of fun right in front of us. Which well, was if you tried that, you know, if he was a human, he tried that, he'd be put on a list. I do have a, I do have a very brief bit of video where you can actually see it whoa yeah. yeah that's crazy yeah. yeah to be fair as a zookeeper i have um more pictures like that than i care to admit you know that you're like this isn't this is for a medical reason or does yeah. this look weird or yeah. is that what you is that the name of the album on your phone the yeah medical exactly medical right, in inverted okay. commas which is what he was doing guys with his uh with his hands that you couldn't see <laughs> i keep forgetting <laughs> But yeah, that's a great answer. I think dolphins, uh, bottlenose dolphins specifically, do take the cake for the assholes of the ocean. But uh, yeah, other than the, uh, the species... But we love them. We do, we do. Other than the species we're talking about today. But um, speaking of that, what is your experience with orcas today? And, and do you actually have a particular memorable experience with the species? I do, actually. So orca are the main reason I got into natural history, to be honest. Mm. I was an active toddler. I was a bit of a maniac. Well, okay. I, was just, I was just hyper. And that's uh, that's... And that's still true to this day. But I, and this is, I've said this a few times. I actually spoke to Sue Perkins about this when mm-hmm. it was, we were doing Radio 4. So I don't yeah. think this fully made the cut, which was quite good because it went on a bit. But um, <laughs> I, my mum put me in front of Free Willy when I was about two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. And which is interesting because we'll come back to this. This kind of comes full circle, actually, with what we're going to be talking about later on. Yeah. But I watched Free Willy when I was two and a half. And I think it was the first time I sat still for an, for more than 20 minutes. So oh. I sat, I like a big tub of biscuits. She was just like, just sharp and just. <laughs> Put, she just put that on and then I, I was hooked and then from you know most kids well you know for boys it'd be dinosaurs or trains or trucks you know yeah. whatever it is football for me it was then all my toys I remember as a kid were just plastic killer whales oh, and I was like so it's just um it, and then it was just killer whales killer whales killer whales and then from that spread to whales dolphins sharks turtles and then the terrestrial stuff came along after that but I was just kind of like marine obsessed mm, and my bedroom wall when I was a kid this was fantastic um my godfather's wife so effectively my godmother effectively, yeah, sure. um she she drew this like muriel on our wall my mum had painted my mum had painted it after but we had an orca on one wall me and my brother used to share a room when we were kids and we had a bottlenose dolphin on the other wall <laughs> and it was this this so we had like knobhead one and knobhead two. yeah exactly and then we had an orca and a bottlenose dolphin sorry um <laughs> we're, <doomed. laughs> we're, here. We're, we're here till three um <laughs> so i had an orca on my bedroom wall as a kid and then you know, and that was just sparked my lifelong passion for natural history and everything like that. But it was always my dream to see them in the wild. Yeah. And then this ha- finally happened. Um, I've seen them three or four times in the wild now, but it finally came true when I was 21. I went to Iceland with a couple of like really good buddies of mine, Richard and Callum, if you're listening, thanks again for the memories. And we did, we were all having, and we all went to Iceland. This was in March, 2016. So we were all doing our masters at the time and we'd all, we're all just having a bit of shit going on in our personal life so I'm just stressed with masters we're like screw it we're all nerds we all worked on this boat together we're like should we just go go away for a week and just yeah. go up a bit of a laugh 
but we went um to Iceland for a few reasons to see some like because I said to Cal, I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I just want to see some like big geography, big landscapes. And I was like, okay, cool. I said to my mate Richard, I was like, what do you want to see? And he's like, I want to see some like a jerk falcon or some eagles, like some sexy birds of prey. And I'm like, what do you want to see? I was like, I want to see an orca. And I was just like, well, it looks like we're going to Iceland then. Yeah, exactly. And then um, and it, so it ticked all the boxes and we saw we saw everything. Amazing. And so the first but they the orcas teased us. So that we went out with this company called Lauki Tours, and I actually went back to Iceland this March with the same company as them again. Oh, that's really and, lovely. Which was amazing. And a phenomenal yeah. tour operator, really eco-friendly, know their stuff, Love doing it. a lot of like um, citizen science, doing a lot. They've got this big, massive photo ID catalogue, and I'll come back to that later on. Wicked. Anyway, but we went, so we're back to 2016, and we sort of went out with Lauki Tours. We booked this trip, and we went out on the boat. Didn't see any orca. <laughs> Saw some white beat dolphins, which were also cool. Uh, had an amazing line. We saw some like amazing birds and stuff. So, but we had like an amazing few hours out in the water, but didn't see any orca. So we decided to ring them and said, have you got any availability for tomorrow afternoon? Because we were thinking, okay, tide, what are the fish doing? Let's think this through. Yeah. So we thought, let's not do the morning trip. Let's go on tomorrow's afternoon trip because hopefully their behavior might be similar if the tide's pushing the fish through the fjords and stuff. Yeah, sure. So then we went out and we're going across this bridge and I'm driving at this point, and there's this bridge that goes over this inlet. So then I, out the corner of my eye, just saw this black thing where uh. the distance. And I was like, that wasn't a bird, and that was big. So we managed to like pull over. We ran onto the bridge. And then my mate was like, Callum was like, oh, mate, it's just a pod of porpoises. And then these porpoises were nearby. I was yeah. like, no, look, 200 metres past them. And then there was this pod of orca in the fjord <sighs> with, and there was an eagle above them and everything. I've got this crap piece of footage of these like and it's like wobbly and windy and there's these couple of orca fins and this seagull goes over the top of them um but then we were torn a bit like natalie and brulia uh because we were (laughs) like we've got to be on the boat in 20 minutes but we know at some point these orca are gonna have to swim right underneath us on this bridge so we were just like what do we do we go on the boat and like get the gamble and you know have the payoff of seeing them from the boat or do we just play it safe and wait for them to swim underneath us so we said screw it let's go on the boat and we sort of like ran in and we're like we don't really kill we don't really kill and then they're like quick okay are they under the bridge we're like they're under the bridge and then um so we got up there but then we got up into this this inlet and then we could still see the orca under the bridge but then by this point we're losing the light Oh God! Yeah, it was like it was like half three in the afternoon. but yeah. you know, you only got a bit more light. And eventually, just before the light, before the light properly went, the orcas swam out, and then we had this just most. And the the, uh, the boat company were great because the orcas probably came within twenty meters of us, but very oh, wow. much was on their their terms. Sure, yeah. And there was this big, there was a big matriarch female. There's a few other females. There was a newborn calf. It still, wow. it was still had um, its white eye patches that were still brown because the blood capillaries are near the surface. So yeah. baby orca had that sort of brown tinge rather than the white bit and then there was this huge bull that was called thunderstorm Ooh, yeah. badass and you gotta you kind of gotta say it with a deeper voice thunderstorm yeah um so that was the first time i ever saw a pot of walker and i'm um, yeah i got a bit emotional where it was pretty fun oh yeah i think that's i think that's a beautiful story i mean i think that, that when you're passionate about an animal and you mm. manage to see that animal in its natural habitat for the first time like i think anybody yeah, that phenomenal. anybody that's passionate it just hits you doesn't it you're like yeah you see documentaries, you see them in, uh, well, I was going to say for some species, you see them in zoos and things like that. But, you know, seeing them out doing their thing, just being their wild self. Yeah. Particularly orcas who are sort of the masters of their domain, you know. Oh, so, God, yeah. King like, of the sea. Exactly. So that must have been that must have been incredible. It was. It was phenomenal. And it was so nice to see, like, the, a big bull, big yeah. matriarch, and then a newborn calf, just to see, like, the size comparison oh, yeah, as well. yeah, totally. 
but then all the boxes at once it massively did and then i went back up with the same company this 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 march yeah and my girl my girl we sort of uh we've been well watching different parts of the world and the orca have always evaded us when my girlfriend's been there so she's like the bad luck bad time. bad juju for, for killer whales and then she said she's like if we don't see killer whales on this boat trip i'm never going to whale watching again yeah. and then luckily within 20 minutes of leaving the harbor all of a sudden this big male's dorsal fin came out and then mm-hmm. by the and we just had this phenomenal two to three hours where Every five minutes you saw orca fins. It oh was like God. for about two and a half hours. Wow. By the end, I was buggered by the end of it. I was just, I, my brain just couldn't, I couldn't speak. Yeah. Brain was done. But everywhere you looked through this fjord, there was like just small pods of orca that, and overall there was about 80 in this. And then we had um, some of the calves got like, just started jumping out in the waves. Oh. We saw one spy hop, sort of this big male tail slapped. And then this big bull, he, he came up and he actually swam under the boat. Oh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I've had this discussion with people before and I, I'd feel safe on a larger boat. But, you know, you see those videos um, where people are in kayaks, you know, in yeah, Canada yeah, yeah. or wherever it is. And then an orca swims. The fear I would have, like just something just so big underneath, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, you know, there's obviously and there's that statistic that no wild orca, you know, no humans being killed by a wild orca. That yeah. wouldn't be going through my mind if I was on like a small, tiny boat. It would be how do I evacuate my bowels quicker so that i don't become tasty enough for the orca to eat how do i prevent this orca from eating me yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah that i'm so glad that, that you got to experience that especially on a, on a larger boat but like i i always think i'd be absolutely effing terrified if i, we, I have been i was in canada i saw orca in canada we did yeah. try from a boat and from um from the shore i was uh, sea watching and then eventually they swam up we did try we went out on kayaks but unfortunately they weren't in the area the day we went on the kayaks but you were a brave human, Billy Heaney. Like Jesus Christ, that we tried. I tried. Fear. They just didn't swim past. We saw we saw distant humpbacks and we saw a minky oh, nice. fairly close. Yeah, I tell you what was quite. We we're on the kayaks and stellar sea lions popped up. Oh, nice. Close. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they are big. They're huge. And yeah, then, yeah. And then and then you think, okay, shit, that's big. <laughs> but orcas are even bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it um, was like these stellar sea lines were fairly close, and I was like, "Holy shit, you are big!" I, yeah, yeah, because I was studying grey seals at the time, and you'd think how big a big bull grey seal is, and then you see a stellar sea line, and you're like, "Holy shit, bulls, that's massive!" I mean, this is the stupid <laughs> thing, right? We, you know, I always think because um, I used to do giraffe experiences years ago when I was mm. at London and things like that. Was um, you know, people don't really realize sometimes how big animals are until you get super close yeah, yeah, yeah. to that animal. Like you don't realize how tall the giraffe is until yeah. you're looking at the giraffe. This is the same thing. Elephants as well, I think. You just, you you, you know, you know, but then you don't know. Until no, and there's that instant respect of, oh, yeah. Hit me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, please do not hurt me. Yeah, just don't <laughs> <I'm>... move. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Going back to the public perception of, mm. of orcas. Now, why do you think that the public might consider them assholes? Why are they on this podcast today, Billy? Tell me. I think people have been, that's a very good question. I think people like, you know, I'm not the only one have been fascinated by them since the 1950s, 60s, when the captivity industry kicked off, which yeah. we'll, well, no, we'll go into later sure. on. But <laughs> I think at the minute, orcas are, are in the press quite a lot. If you've not seen in the news, orcas have been, and I'm going to do the air quotes, have been attacking in yes. air quotes, 
sailing boats in the Straits of Gibraltar. Yeah. Now, it's kind of all kicked off in the press this year, a little bit last year, but this behaviour has actually been happening for nearly seven years, and it's kind of mm. not really come into the public eye till the last two years, really. Sure. But what they think's happened is a female orca known as White Gladys is her name. <laughs> so she's the matriarch. So like elephants, orcas are matriarchal, so women rule the rules, and it's usually the grandma or like the great aunt or whoever is who's top dog. Yeah. And... There's a few theories going around, but effectively, you know, these are big animals that if they want to play with the boat, you know, it's going to it's going to damage the boat. Yeah, these totally. these animals, if they wanted that thing to sink straight away, there's no question it would sink. Like exactly. if they wanted to ram it and absolutely destroy it, you know, a sailing boat, that thing's going to go down. But they've been getting this reputation of sort of orcas fighting back. Or if you imagine like the journalists and the headlines, it's, but it's, you know, the theories are it's actually just play. And yeah, yeah. it's uh, because we can't cope with it. Well, you know, the boats aren't built knowing that, okay, an orca is going to come rip the rudder off. And then yeah. in the process, they're going to puncture the boat because they've damaged that. And that's why it's going to fill up with water. But anyway, the, the reason they think this behavior started was that White Gladys came into contact with a boat or fishing vessel. So this population of orca off Gibraltar in the Iberian Gulf, there's mm. about 40 of them left. Mm. So they're an endangered population, like yeah. very much like the Southern residents in Washington and British Columbia. And they reckon White Gladys had a bad experience with a boat. Now, these yeah. these orca are tuna eaters, and that's all they're really eating. That's all they're eating is bluefin tuna. And there's a big line fishery for bluefin tuna in the Straits of Gibraltar and down yep. to Morocco. So as they're getting reeled in, the orca are coming up, biting the tuna, and all of that gets reeled in as they head. So, you know, they cut, they've been coming into close proximity with boats for quite a long time. Yeah. It's not the actual first interaction is not wasn't seen. They just think something bad happened. And then that individual has then associated boats with bad. Yes. So then the theory is, is that White Gladys then started attacking or playing with these boats. And then the younger calves pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't actively teaching them, but they witnessed the top dog, you know, doing it. Yeah. So they're thinking, well, matriarch's doing it. There should be some gain and some reward out of this. So I'm going to do it. So then the behavior started with a few calves as well. These calves are now massive, great big orca and are a lot bigger and a lot stronger. So these attacks that and they reckon, I think, I'm not sure if it's quite 50% of the population have learned to do this, but it's it's more than 10. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> between 10 so and 50 is between yeah. yeah between 10 and 40 I, I, like, I think it's between 10 and 20 individuals i don't think I it's see. quite 50 percent of them right, right but right. you know there's enough that absorb this by imitation yeah and so yeah so that's kind of what's been happening in a nutshell and so that's why they're getting a bad rep i mean instagram but, yeah. has, you know and reddit as well have been yeah. constant sources of like particularly with the hashtag organize you know yeah. has been a thing and as i said as someone that loves a bit of anarchy every now yeah. and again not too much anarchy but a little bit of anarchy i think uh, that I, th- I find these things funny when it's um you know yeah. as i said eat the rich you know or like stand up yeah. and protest especially yeah. w- a women-led playful yeah, they're, they're, protest. And they're, yeah and um but i think that's another reason we relate to them so much they yeah. they live as long as we do you know yeah. granny she died a few years back but she was known to be she was definitely 103 maybe she got to 105 i can't quite remember she hit 100 anyway she was over 100 yeah. well because we know we've been studying them for so long particularly these this population of in the pacific northwest we know them individually we know how long they live they yeah. they go through the menopause yeah, yeah so yeah. that they can bring up their grandchildren it's yeah. phenomenal and so i think that's another reason we relate to them so well and in fact there's these um stories from southern australia 
And it was during sort of like Victorian era before, or maybe even into the 1800s, where whalers, and these whalers would have been using wooden boats rather than, you know, industrial whaling. Yeah. They would hunt with orca to, to capture baleen whales. So what would happen is the this population of orca would push the slow-moving southern right whales into shallower waters. The whalers would then harpoon them. The orcas would eat their tongues, and then the <laughs> whalers would take the rest. So yeah. it was like this amazing sort of, you know, relationship between the two. But then eventually, so and this brings me on nicely, as if I were meant to say this, <laughs> is that these these sorts of behaviors can some some behaviors are long lived, but some behaviors are quite short lived and don't you know they sort of get quite focused into a different into a certain population or to a different pod. Mm. But once these individuals that hunted with the whalers died, that whole society and that whole relationship was extinct because those yeah. orcas were, the rest of the wider community weren't doing that and these orcas had died so there's some there are theories that this gibraltar thing could be a phase it could be a fad yeah and it might eventually die out so other in the pacific northwest they used to wear the, this population were before they ate the salmon they were wearing them as hats as hats on their heads and huh. then that stopped it was like this phase that they were doing they called them huh. fads so some scientists think maybe it's just a fad yeah, it's, it's interesting as well, you know, like just like humans have fashion trends, you know, exactly. that like um, humans go through fads just like, exactly. and you know, that's kind of cool that orcas might as well. Wearing salmon on their heads is a hilarious fad to go yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I love that. Well, now, Billy, I'm actually going to challenge you because it does sound like it would be a bit of a challenge to tell me what your favorite thing is about orcas. Like what one thing do you like about them? I think what I love is just how complex and different their social systems are. And I just love that. It's kind of and how different behaviors have evolved in different pods and different yeah. communities around the world and how they how they specialize in different things i think that's what i love about them so much yeah, they have that, culture like that, exactly on, it you know. and it's that culture and it's always changing which is mm-hmm. why we're seeing we're seeing these new things it's not you know like the ice flow wave yeah. washing that they do and then they're coming out in argentina and to get pat in patagonia to nail the sea lions on the beach or they can pop a penguin out of its jacket like it's yeah. ridiculous but i think yeah. it's the it's the culture and the intelligence of them and how these different behaviors are always evolving that's it that's a, a really good answer i think there's very few animals on this planet that we can specifically point at with evidence and say like they I mean, they're so similar to us in in lots yeah. of regards. You know, they're intellectually and also with something as as nuanced as as culture yeah. and re, you know regional culture, yeah. which is uh, and they have accents as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. They're even like even the thing in regional, it's like you know, you imagine a scouser talking to someone from Cornwall. It's like their their accents are that varied. It's yeah. phenomenal. That's it. It's, um, I mean, yeah, we'll get into why they are assholes in our next segment where I'll ask you to help me put a numerical value on a scale of one to five of how much of an asshole they can be. Um, <laughs> so we're going to be doing that in our next segment. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's Brilliant. Excellent, guys. Stay with us. We'll be right back. wonderful after that little breather we are back now with the phenomenal billy heaney <laughs> who is going to be helping me ascertain exactly how much of an arsehole orcas are to humans to each other and to other species in the ocean now billy we're going to start with humans because we are the most important thing obviously on a scale of one to five billy how much would you say orcas are arsehole to humans 
it's got to be low to humans you know mm. no they're quite curious no... about us right like curious they... they're interested mm. you know there's been no, like we said earlier there's been no recorded fatality of an orca attacking someone in the wild there's been obviously several deaths in captivity i was gonna but... say i mean if we're talking like a wild score versus a captive, captive score, score are we gonna so have to captives, middle it out i think tillicum got a bad rep yeah. um as did his, I think it's his son, Keto, yeah. actually. They're, they're definitely related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. So I'd say to people, ignore it. And then even with the Gibraltar thing, I think I'm going to put them, it's got to be a one. You know, they're, okay. they're just they're just inquisitive to us. They're not ourselves. Unless yeah. we force them into a very intensive situation like the like SeaWorld. Yeah, sure. You know, that and that's that's all on us. So I think from a, from a wild perspective on people, I mean, it's very different to animals around them. To people, I'm going with one. They're not an arsehole. We're going to put it pretty low. Okay, that's totally fair. And we, yeah, as I said, we you know we don't have that proof that they do harm us in the no. wild. Um, and I feel like yeah, they're just as curious about us as we are about them. What I would love to yeah. know is what they say about us versus what we're saying about them today. Do they have a podcast? And it's called Arsehole a pod, Humans. A podcast. Yeah, they probably do. <laughs> This is the grade A comedy we like to see on this podcast, Billy. Really. I love I can, it. I can feel, I can just sort of imagine my girlfriend rolling her eyes right now. She's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. she's not here, but she can hear it somewhere. And she's like, oh, <laughs> she can sense the dad yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, thank God I'm not in the house. <laughs> um, so we're saying a one uh, on a scale yeah, of one to people. five. Wonderful. So on a scale of one to five, then, I mean, orcas to each other. I mean, that's got to be pretty low as well, right? I'd, yeah, there's, you know, they're a bit, a bit, bit of argy-bargy. I'd say probably a two to right. each other. There's, again, in captivity, bad right. because they can't and you because we put in put individuals from different cultural backgrounds. So yeah. when, when they were no longer allowed to capture orcas in the Pacific, they started mm. capturing orcas in Iceland. And they're two, you know, very different populations, different dialects, different communication. Yes. And then also, and then they would attack and fight each other, which would happen in the wild if they got fed up with one another. But then they can, they got the ocean. They can, they can yeah, get away. They can piss off. But, yeah. But they can piss off and, you know, move on. But in captivity, they can't. So, yeah. but, you know, they live in such tightly knit social groups that, mm-hmm. you know, there will be, there is raking and stuff that happens yeah, when sure. they do fight. But again, I'm going to, I'm going to score this as a two. Yeah. Lo- you know, they live in such sort of socially knit communities that. Yeah. Families fall out as anyone does. So I'll give them a two. Yeah, that's that's a good idea, I think. Um, yeah, we've seen evidence of them scrapping, raking in yeah. uh, out in the wild. But so it's not all, you know, happy families all the time, as it never is. You no. know, even the Kardashians are at each other's throats some of the time. You know? I'd like to see them go up against an organ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're doing one for a human and we've got a two, fair enough, I think, for each other. Now, this is the big one, I think. Mm. I think this is the one where they, they might rack up the points. It's going to. It's gonna be. Is it gonna be a five? Oh, if you're, you know, just imagine this. You're a happy little seal. You're swimming around. <laughs> you know, we're off the coast of Shetland or whatever, wherever we are. All of a sudden, a great big fluke twacks you in the arse and sends you tens of feet spiraling into the air. Yeah, that's a pretty arsehole move, really, isn't it? It's a dick move. Yeah, it's, it's what we would call move. a dick move. Yeah, that's a dick topic. move. And yeah. um, so I say to other species around them, you've got no chance. Yeah, they are the, the I mean, bosses of the. Ocean. Things will get away. Obviously, it's a numbers game. But compared to other animals, they're a five. I mean, they twat great white sharks for goodness' yeah. sake. Yeah, and uh, what baby blue whales as well? Baby blue. Right? Well, any baby whale, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Blue whales, grey whales, humpbacks. Right whales have been recorded. I love that. Um, where was it? It was it was after Frozen Planet 2. 
it was just that I saw something on just, uh, social media somewhere and it was like, mm. just when you think that, you know, it's a nice peaceful scene with Amber and narrating something really pretty. It's all great. There's some really like, oh, it's a, mo- a mother seal with its puff or it's a penguin with its chick or it's a right whale with its calf. Oh, fuck. Here comes the orcas to mess the day exactly. up. It's just like... I mean, they are the villains. They are the Disney villains, <laughs> the of, Disney the, villains. Uh, of the ocean of just coming in to wreck everybody's shit. Yeah. And they're actually well, an animal that, sorry, I'll just get an, I'm getting yeah. a carried away but with the retreating sea ice they're one of the few few animals that are doing better because there's now they get into places that they couldn't get to before so then there's this group of um i think it's northern right whales that they're then able to access which they weren't yeah. before because they couldn't get there and now yeah, it's yeah. like oh god so it's yeah. um so yeah so phenomenally intelligent and you know in, in some ways they adapt in other you know and these new behaviors evolve and in, in other communities they're so set in the ways that they're uh-huh. now like so the salmon eaters in the Pacific Northwest, they're so focused on eating salmon and salmon numbers are falling. And it's just yeah. like but yeah. it's interesting that some other populations do develop slightly new behaviors. And that's, it's, that's, that's interesting. That's so I mean, again, you can compare it to human culture. You know, I'm not mm. I'm not gonna like take a guess at what cultures are more stubborn than others, but like I see the similarities between between human and, or, yeah, and orca yeah. frames of mind. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing they haven't really been recorded to attacking in the ocean is us, right? Everything else exactly. is sort of on the menu. Everything else is free game, depending on where you are. Sharks, yeah. rays, turtles, yeah, seals, sea lions, you know, it's all... Even moose. Moose? They've been... Yeah, so in, again, British Columbia way, moose will swim from small islands uh... or you know, across channels. An orca have been known to nail moose. Oh, my God. But even if terrible. you live on land, you're not safe. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> only a matter of time. We're, we're yeah, not okay. safe. Can you, have like, you seen Brother Bear? You know the two oh, yeah, yeah. Brother Bear. Can you imagine that would be such a funny like? Oh, we're beavers, eh? And it's just <laughs> like and then like an orchid just nails one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a blast from the past. What yeah. In uh, long story short, you know, nail your windows and doors shut because the orcas are coming for you. So <laughs> build your bunkers now because orcas, <laughs> yeah. orcas are organizing. Oh god. Yeah. But yeah, to right, other species, yeah, to other species, let's give them a five. five. I think that's a more than fair score. Mm. So um, after that, then, Billy, uh, we've got a one, we've got a two and a five. Now, I'm just going to yeah. punch the numbers real quick into the system. Okay, bear with me. Okay, right. The report came back. Mm. Uh, it's an eight out of 15, which I'm not going to lie to you. I thought, it, I thought it'd be high. I thought it'd be higher. Pretty I thought low. it'd be higher. But you know, you've made some compelling arguments here that um, you know, the captivity situation is tough because we have put them in that situation. Yeah. Um, and you know, families fight and that's but yeah. then they get on and then a five just kind of brings it all the way up. But exactly. they are sort of middle middle of the road, arsehole behavior. Road. Yeah. Which I feel like dolphins oh, I feel like dolphins are higher. I don't know. Oh, bottlenose dolphin is far higher. <laughs> is there any animal that you think would get five five five? I would say, I've always said this before, I always say chimps. Like, chimps, chimps. would be... Yeah, well, baboons, be... they're quite eerie. Yeah. Baboons. Baboons are dickheads as well. Yeah. yeah, chimps, I think, you know, if I'd rather get attacked by a lion in Africa than a chimpanzee. Because oh, yeah. I think with a lion, it would be done and over. A yeah. chimp would play with you. Torch you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think chimps good. Trying to I, feel like, yeah. I feel like if you were brave enough... With the lion, I know that sounds silly, but like you know, you never turn and run with a big cat, do you? You never yeah, just no. try and leg it because you're not going to win that race. So I think if you were like honey badger style and you like, you know, what come a, at me, come at beast. me, then you yeah. might, you might have picked a lion that can't be bothered and that you know isn't really bothered about eating you today, and you yeah, maybe yeah, have yeah. a chance. Oh, fucking chimps, God, yeah, like, uh, my uh, nightmares. Yeah, and they drag it out. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd yeah, be no, there. They'd torture pet for a while before you yeah. died. So yeah, yeah, it's area definitely chimps. I'm trying yeah. to think, is there any others I could think of? Fives across the board. It's a tough one because I, I mm. feel like rarely an animal is so much of a dick to yeah. You know, it's a dick to humans, but it's great to each other, or it's a dick to other species, but it's great with human, whatever it is. But yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Again, I might have to go mosquito. Just a pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah, that's I, don't, I don't know about the um, how much of a dick mosquitoes are to each other, though. I have zero idea. I need an entomologist to come on yeah, and exactly. set me straight on that. But yeah, yeah exactly. mosquitoes are up there. Um, wonderful. Well, after a fantastic round, an excellent assessment, we're going to take a quick break. And after we come back, I'm going to subject Billy to a series of general knowledge questions in an attempt to trip him up, an attempt to make him feel insecure about his orca knowledge. Are you ready, Billy? No. <laughs> you know what? You're the first person to ever be like, you know what? No. No, I'm not, I'm not now. <laughs> I was confident a minute ago, and now I'm like, you just put me in a corner. <laughs> now let's do it. I'm ready. It'll be absolutely I'm fine. It's true or false. It's 50-50. Like, worst case scenario, just throw out a guess. That's what I love exactly. about true or false. Let's do it. I think it'll be fine. Wonderful, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode of Asshole Animals with Alice is sponsored by Blue Panda, the brand that saves wildlife. In a world of fast fashion, which is made cheaply and unethically in order to keep up with the latest trends, it's only natural that you'd want to shop with a brand that actually gives back. At Blue Panda, 15% of their profits go to several incredible conservation charities all around the world that are dedicated to protecting our planet's precious wildlife. Blue Panda use organic cotton in their clothes, which is better not only for farmers, but also for our skin too. Their designs are created, embroidered and printed in their studio in Bournemouth, and every order is produced especially for you, helping to reduce waste and energy use. By purchasing clothes from their One Tree Planted collection, you'll be helping the incredible organisation One Tree Planted to, you guessed it, plant trees, to restore habitats and create food and jobs globally. Blue Panda designs are simple, timeless and elegant, and each item has an animal design as the main feature. You can search their website for clothing by animal species or by areas of the world you'd like to help protect with your purchase. In keeping with our Animal of the Week this week, why not check out some of their absolutely gorgeous hats, sweatshirts and bags with orca on them. By buying these items, you'll also be donating money to the Whale and Dolphin Conservation, whom we'll be discussing later on in the episode. So, by choosing Blue Panda clothing, you're not just making a fashion statement, you're supporting a cause. Together, let's make sustainable fashion the new trend. To shop for a family member, a friend, or even yourself this Christmas, head to their website at www.bluepanda.co.uk. That's www.bluepanda.co.uk. And follow them on Instagram under Blue Panda for more inspiration. Now, back to the show. 
Wonderful. After that quick little breather, we are back now with Billy Heaney, who unfortunately is going to be put to the test in our true or false round where we provide ridiculous orca or other animal related questions in an attempt to try and trip our guests up on this show. So with that being said, Billy, are you ready to take on true or false? I'm ready. Okay. He's, he's ready, guys. Okay, question number one. Manliest voice on. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Batman. Right. Where are the orcas? Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay, question number one. The largest male orca ever recorded weighed more than Big Ben, the bell that's inside the tower. Oh, bell. It's about. I'm trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really? I, okay. I was just. I was like. Uh, no. I don't know how big the bell is. Wow, that's the point of the fucking question, now, isn't it? Now Billy? I'm going to be a bell end. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. This is great, guys. This is grade A comedy gold. Sorry. So <laughs> the biggest male orca would have been... So hang on, So you asked me, the, the biggest uh, weighed more than Big Ben. Yeah. So I know, because it's like the biggest recorded one, it was like, he was over nine metres. He was massive. Mm. And do you know how much he weighed? Because I, you know, I have this stat here. You have this stat. It's got to be several tonnes. It's several tonnes, yes. Several tonnes. But I don't know how big the bell is. Well, that's the thing. What do you think? How big is Big Ben? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say he was heavier than the bell. So you're going to say it's true? I'm going to say it's true. he is larger than the... Than the bell. But it's false. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Didn't know how big the bell was. <laughs> That's fine. Here on this podcast, because obviously you were teaching me so much today about orcas. Mm. This is my attempt to be smug and be like, yeah, no, I know can, that the bell I is that. I can see actually... it. I can feel it. I can feel <laughs> the smugness. <laughs> That's, uh, that's pretty much how I operate in this segment. Yeah. It's just, you didn't know this. Well. I wish I saved the bell end joke to now. <laughs> <laughs> you were the bell end. Yeah, I'm the bell end. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently the largest orca um, ever recorded was. 22,000 pounds, which is yeah. ele- 11 tons, which is yeah. uh, mighty crazy. Do you know how much on average a, a male weighs? I actually forgot to Google this. Because oh, I remember a stat because Tillican would have been 22,000. He was big. Yeah. Tillican was enormous. Yeah. I'd say it's probably a little bit less, maybe around the eight nine ton, ton mark. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say eight, nine ton mark. Yeah. Yeah. And Big Ben, the, the bell, actually weighs 13.7 tons. Oh, so it is waffer thinly close. Yeah, yeah, two ton, two and a bit tons worth. It's quite close though. It's fairly close. I mean, it's not miles away, is it? Well, yeah, eleven to thirteen. There we you go. You know, if he had like, if he'd eaten like an extra elephant seal before he died, he might have, he <laughs> might have beaten. That's true. Yeah, if he was whole, if he's constipated. Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. Oh, look, there's an elephant seal inside him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, after that, yeah, Big Ben, there you go, guys, um, for any pub quiz aficionados there, in mm. case you need to know, 13 tons, or 13.7 tons is what Big Ben weighs. Question okay. number two, Billy. Orcas can hold their breath for longer than an episode of Friends. Is that true or false? So actually, so when you think about it, Friends episodes are actually probably nearer 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So what's, uh, yeah, you do some quick math here. Yeah, I mean, on average, they only hold their breath for a few minutes at a time. But if they really needed to, yeah, they could hold their breath for longer than 20 minutes. Okay. You say, say it's true. I'm, you rattled me, mate. This whole <laughs> bell thing is completely <laughs> throwing me off. But if you take, you include an adverts in this or just like the actual... No, episode. no, the length of the show. The length of the show. Because it's half an yeah. hour, isn't it? That's the, the total length of like with adverts. But um... yeah, It's about 20 minutes, isn't it? So mm. if they wanted to, if they had to, they could hold their breath for longer. So you're saying true? I'm saying true. Okay, it's false, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Friends lasts uh, 22 minutes. Um, yeah, that's what okay. I was thinking. So, and I maybe, because obviously you're the orca expert and I am just someone who Googles. I'm a lady who Googles. I've read on several sites as well, because I don't just look for one, is that orcas can hold their breath for around 15 minutes at a, at a push. I thought, it's in my head, I had it's 20. So I was like, it's going to be, I thought there'd be a minute or two in there. I thought it was 20, but it's 15. All right. <laughs> This is why I do these to be to be crafty, and I'm sorry if um. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, you've got three more questions left. Oh, you've got three more. Que- if you get all of them right, then you have gone up in my estimations for your. <laughs> right now, right now, it's like just go home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See yourself out, guys. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. else can I, we get on this podcast yeah, last minute? You're in your spare office? room, but go home. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your face up off the floor. Yeah. Oh dear. We might know this one actually because I Good think question, I heard though. you sort of talking roughly about it. Um, so transit passes for the buses, trains, and ferries in Seattle are called the Orca card. Is that true or false? It's got to be true. You think it's true? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well done. Finally back in the game. Yeah, finally back in the game. He's back in the game, ladies and gentlemen. Billy is back. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, I know (laughs) the underdog story of the year, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Rising up of the ranks, everyone thought he wouldn't succeed. (laughs) Now he's back. He's a hoax. Yes, exactly. So I I only know this because my my sister lives in Seattle. Um, but uh, yeah, it's called the Walker Card for little um like the bus pass, the train pass, yeah, whatever nice. it is. I know um because you were mentioning about the sort of Washington shoreline orcas mm. and things like that. Um, have you heard of the people of the, the Lumi tribe? Do you know a bit about them? Not I don't I, with the First Nations they have so many sort of cultural totally, links totally. to orcas. So I don't that individual name doesn't ring a bell. But I know that so sort of their history is just. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, they're a tribe, exactly right, as you said, that have such mm. deep sort of intrinsical cultural ties to whales in, in Washington, uh, to to killer whales. And um, they sort of describe them as their sort of relations beneath the waves. They believe that some, you know, humans and orcas are brothers, brothers and sisters, yeah. Yeah, which, I, which I love. Um, so you were saying about the killer whales eating salmon off the coast of Washington and, the, and being quite stubborn about only eating the, mm. the salmon. And um, the Lumi tribe actually feed starving killer whales salmon if they can't eat much. So that's, that's yeah, that's sort of like they're, they're like, we need to save these guys. And yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. They, they protest a load about the um, orcas in captivity and things like that. They're at the yeah, forefront yeah, yeah. of that sort of anti-sea world sort of march. So, yeah, there's um, it's, it's nice to know that York has got some really nice sort of cultural support from the First Nations and up yeah, in yeah. Um, sort of at the corner of America. But I'm sure it, go- it goes into Canada as well, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. With the tribes up there. But yeah, that was a roundabout way of saying you got that one right, Billy. Well done. Well done. Well done. Good stuff. Good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. True or false question number four. Humans can only hear around half of the sounds that orcas make. Is that true or false? Yeah, I'm going to say true. It's true. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. All right. So this last question. After yeah, I go into good. this, I hate this. Is horrible. <laughs> Will he get it? <laughs> um, so it is true. Uh, humans can hear frequencies between, and this was interesting to me because I know nothing about how much we can hear frequency-wise. Uh, we can hear between twenty to twenty thousand hertz. Uh, that's our little sort of capacity for hearing. Orcas yeah. can make sounds from a hundred to forty thousand hertz. So, yeah, we actually can't hear a lot of what they're saying, like half of what they're saying. Because obviously we have all this equipment to help us with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, naturally, if we sort of dunk our head under the water, I'm sure we wouldn't be able to hear. They're probably going, hey, saying. asshole, you can't <laughs> hear what I'm saying. Are they uh, Are they New York? Uh, yeah, I don't hey, know buddy, why he's from the Bronx. We are walking here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're walking here. 
Oh dear. Yeah. Um, I don't even yeah. know why that came out like that. No, yeah. I love it. I mean, um, I actually don't know what accent I would put on an orca. I think that's probably right. From. Yeah. It's got to be like a mafia boss. Though. I think you're kind of right. It's got to be like an Italian. Uh, Just yeah, like, yeah. you come here, you disrespect my family. Right. Just that know, kind of thing. Exactly. Again, we're slowly getting back into Batman though there, wasn't it? Yeah. It was kind of like... It's a, gr- it's a bit gruff. Yeah. Where are the seals going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you did get that question right. So that is true. Uh, humans can hear only about half of the sounds that orcas make. Great. Question number five. This is the decider, basically. Yeah, right. There's so much is on the line here. You guys don't even know. Billy's whole reputation, as I said, I'll be uh, I'll be calling up the Beeb, you know, on the phone. If Billy doesn't get him get off radio right, four, get him gone. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um. Wonderful question number five. Here it is. Orcas have more cervical vertebrae than a sloth. Is that true or false? Who fucking knows? <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, no, no, no. Hang on, you can edit that bit out. <laughs> no, no. I keep, I'm going to keep the f bomb in. No. More cervical vertebrae. What a question. Yeah. So. So cervical vertebrae. See, but this is something like you think. Okay, sloths like yay big, but yeah. I bet just to be different, I bet I bet a sloth has more cervical vertebrae i'm gonna go trying with... to look at me to try and gauge i'm, I'm keeping my pocket yeah i'm trying it. to see if you've got any notes somewhere <laughs> i do have notes they're yeah. not on my face can't see them <laughs> i'm gonna say i can't remember which way round you worded the question but oh, i yeah. reckon it's gonna be a weird weird which way way round did you answer it again orcas have more than a sloth true or false i'm gonna say false i think it's gonna be weird and that the sloth has more Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Heaney for the win today with that is false. That is absolutely right. Yes. So he has, against all odds, he started so off take so a poorly. Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> a little air punch, like at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, oh, thank God for that. At least I was over 50% right. <laughs> yeah. You, um, yeah. Your reputation as an orca expert and, you know, animal enthusiast has, yeah. uh, you know, has been saved today. So well done. No, that's absolutely right. So um, most mammals, most Mm. mammals on the planet actually have seven neck bones. Mm. You know, it's that funny thing that giraffes have the same amount as we do, things like that. But sloths are really weird. And one of the things that makes Zanathra so weird as an order with the sloths, the armadillos, the anteaters, is that they have um, up to 10 bones in their neck. Whereas like pretty much every other mammal has seven. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy to think that uh, sloths have more little bones in their neck than an orca does. I mean, granted, maybe that you know the sloths use them to turn a bit more. You know, yeah. they obviously are using their their uh, their necks. I imagine a bit more than an orca is, but yeah, pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy world, but you world. know, against all odds, Billy came good. out strong, I... and uh, so well done. Well done. Very good questions. Yes, I do. You uh, would be lethal as a pub quiz host. You know what? I that's that's the kind of praise that I do this for. Lethal. (laughs) People would be breaking bowls left, right, and (laughs) centre. That's what I want. I want people (laughs) to be like angry or like sad about this. Biggest the bloody bell. Who knows? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, anybody listening that's in a pub quiz now, you've got some cool shit yeah, to, to sort of to, to know, some general knowledge. We like to keep general knowledge quite general on mm. this podcast. Uh, but wonderful after a fantastic round of true or false. 
Billy Heaney winning the prize of, uh, of <laughs> sweet fuck all of nothing. <laughs> yeah, of, uh... Sweet fuck all of he did average. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't have a prize to give you for, for doing well, yeah. for, for getting over, you know, three and above. Yeah. Um, we don't have any, you know, official sponsors of this podcast. Anybody listening, if anyone does want to send Billy something, you know, do do get in touch so I can keep <laughs> Some it. Some Ritalin or something. Some you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a book on general knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a low blow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, absolutely smash that round though, Billy. Well done. That was good fun. So after well, after all that fun, we are going to switch gears, aren't we? We're going to get a bit more we serious. Are. Yeah, that's it. That's why we like to do a bit of fun on this podcast, and then we like to talk about serious issues. So in our next segment, the shout outs and PSA segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what Billy thinks we should know about orcas. Are you ready, Billy? Do it. Wonderful. Okay, stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Our charity of the week this week is the incredible. Whale and Dolphin Conservation, whom our fabulous guest Billy Heaney is affiliated with as their campaign champion. The WDC is a UK-based organisation and the world's leading NGO dedicated to protecting whales and dolphins. Their team, including Billy, work hard to campaign for safer environments for cetaceans in the UK, including pushing for the monitoring of dolphins caught in nets through bycatching, securing funding for population research, and speaking out against other nations who still participate in whaling. But why are whales important to us? What you may not know is that when whales surface, they often do a large poo, which releases nutrients that feeds both fish and phyloplankton in the water. Now, phyloplankton are important for us because they absorb nearly a third of human-generated carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and are responsible for every other breath you take, as they also produce half of our planet's oxygen. Less whales, less poo, less phyloplankton, less oxygen. Even when they die, whales can still help us. Whale carcasses that sink to the bottom of the sea not only provide lots of food and shelter for countless species on the ocean floor, but their carcasses store carbon and prevent it from being released into the atmosphere, which in turn helps to combat climate change. We need whales in our oceans. These majestic animals are not only intelligent and beautiful, but they're also important for a healthy ocean and a healthy ecosystem above it. Around 28 species of whale and dolphin have been observed off the coast of the UK, including orca. And there is so much affecting their safety nowadays. Pollution, the chance of colliding with vessels and being caught in fishing gear. By not only helping to provide research on these incredible animals, but by campaigning for their safety and influencing those in power to offer better protection, the WDC are giving a voice to all the cetaceans, not only in our waters, but waters across the world. If you've loved what you've learned about orcas today and want to learn how you can help, no matter how small the gesture, take a look at their website at uk.wales.org. That's uk.wales.org. And let's protect these gentle creatures from disappearing from our oceans altogether. Thank you. 
Wonderful. After that lovely little break, we are back with Billy Heaney, who is going to be telling us what he thinks we should know about AUKUS today in our shout-outs and PSA segment. Now, Billy, what do you want the general public to know about AUKUS? Very, very good question. It's a lovely way to round this up. After the shenanigans of the last round... The shenanigans they were. Shenanigans yeah, the shenanigans, they were. shenanigans. No, it was very good. <laughs> so one thing I'd like to sort of just talk about is some work that I've been doing this year with Wayland Dolphin Conservation. So I joined Wayland Dolphin Conservation as their campaign champion this year for their yes. End Captivity for, Forever uh, campaign. So this is something we were talking about just before we started recording as well. Mm. And, you know, I'm a zoologist and conservationist by heart. And there's definitely a place for captive institutions for, sure. for certain species. And, you know, captive breeding for prolonging and gene pools and, you know, for future proofing species and stuff. You know, it's a necessary thing. And for an education and raising awareness perspective totally. as well. Totally. You know, how many zoos did I go to as a kid? And, you know, how many do I still yeah. go to when I can? If You know, do it, I'd still do work with London Zoo. So it's yes. just, you know. So there's definitely a place for certain cap- captive institutions. But. When it comes to cetaceans, mm. you know, we've been doing, we've been keeping cetaceans in captivity since the 60s, possibly the 50s. Uh, but definitely, the, you know, the 60s and 70s was when it really ramped up. Mm. And what we've learned over the past uh, six decades is that these animals are just not suited to a yeah. life in captivity. Totally. You know, this is something that, um, you know, and admittedly, I've seen whales and dolphins in ca- captivity. I've not been since I was a teenager. There was a turning point when I was 14 and I saw a bottlenose dolphin in the tank and I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Nah, I, that's when I woke up to it. I was 14. Yeah. And there was something that is Rico Barry actually said, you know, who leads mm-hmm. like the dolphin projects. And he, because yeah. he's a he's an ex dolphin trainer. Yeah. Um, freed Flipper and every, well, Flipper died. No, he didn't free Flipper. Fl- the original Flipper died in his arms, is what yeah. he said. And there's something he said, whether it was in the Cove or in another interview he did, I can't quite remember, but he said, if you go to a zoo and you look at a, a good zoo, if you go to the reptile house, you'll see a snake or a lizard in a vivarium. Mm-hmm. That snake will have a tree. It will have a pond. It will have a desert. You know, it'll have sand. It, will have, it won't have a whole desert. It's in a tank, yeah, exactly. sorry. But, you know, it will, if you go see the snake in a vivarium, it's going to have it's going to have foliage. It's going to have water. It's going to have rocks. It's going to have the right humidity. It's going to have everything that reflects it's in a good place. It's going to reflect its natural habitat. Yeah, sure. Turn that into looking at an orca or a bottlenose dolphin. It's yeah. a barren, concrete tiled pool. It's a and it's it's a prison. And you look at all these facilities now. Okay, Russia opened the Moscow Dolphinarium. Oh, That's probably yeah. the most recent one that has orca. Yeah. Uh, China, it's a whole different ballgame because the yes. dolphinarium industry in China is booming. But I think the last one properly. Oh, no, no, there's this new one in China. But, you know, m- m- the majority of the facilities that still have orcas, so let's take SeaWorld, Laura, you know, particularly the SeaWorld uh, parks, those tanks have been there since the 70s. Yeah, you totally. Know, it's like, yeah. And you, you, you think about how, you know, in zoos, it's like we're always like redeveloping things to better suit the needs and the enrichment of apes or big cats or, you know, whatever the animal That's is. It. But when it comes to cetaceans, you know, they're just featureless, barrenless. Yeah, you kind of can't in the same way. You can't expand in the same way, you know. There's no, like, adding a plant or, you know, or anything like that. You can give mild enrichment at best or, you know, things like that. But you really can't. No, and the thing that comes with it with whales and dolphins and captivity is, obviously, yes, they're then forced to perform and they're, Mm. they're not fed properly until they're performed. But on top of that is the amount of drugs that they're on. So oh. I don't, so they, the list, I have a list on my email somewhere from Wayne Dolphin Conservation um, of the number of recorded antidepressants, yeah. Valium, all sorts of 
sort of behavior blockers particularly yeah. orcas are put on in captivity yeah. it's double figures it's insane the number of drugs that go through their system and this is from like ex-trainers sort of like exposing what what happened yeah so you know we we force them to breed because a lot of them are artificially inseminated yes there have been natural um births and you know natural couplings but you're putting highly intelligent animals from different population you know from from you know putting an englishman in a room with someone that speaks mandarin and they can't communicate you know exactly yeah exactly it's the right. same as you, you can't communicate so you put in two very powerful, very intelligent animals in a force situation where they can't move away from one another and, mm-hmm. you know, their dialects all over the shop. And then you sort of, then you create these hybrids that, mm-hmm. you know, they're the structure. And then we know that they will stay with their mothers for, for decades. Yes. Was, particularly the boys will stay with their mums until they die. Mm-hmm. But then in captivity, the calves are ripped away from the mothers and sent to another facility. So, yeah. you know, when we're not in captivity, an orca particularly cannot live a natural life whereas in most good zoos for you know we can replicate their natural behaviors quite well with breeding and and how they how their social structures and the enrichment that we provide with them but you just can't do that for for whales and dolphins and time and time again we've seen you know most animals in captivity that do well will have a longer life expectancy in captivity Mm -hmm. than when they would in the wild particularly big cat let's say you know big cats live much double and um But with orcas, it's there's a couple of exceptions, obviously, as there always are. But Lolita, you know, she was one of the longest living orcas in captivity. She's been there for five decades. She died a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, after like five years in a goldfish bowl. Yeah. You know, it was so shallow that when she put her head out of the water to be fed fish, her fluke tops the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Which is That's awful like to think. Yeah. Almost me spending my entire life in this what three meter, yeah, like- three meter by five meters spare room. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, so, but the coming into the sort of the charity aspect, so I've been working with Whale and Dolphin Conservation this year to raise awareness about ending captivity for whales and dolphins. Now, we've not had a, ca- a dolphin area facility in the UK since March 1993. So the year before yes. I was born, the last one closed. This was Flamingo Land in Yorkshire, which did oh, have yeah. killer whales. I don't think the killer whales were there in 93, but they did have killer Interesting. whales. Yeah. But so I was making a film this year as part of this campaign. So we've not had a dolphin area since 1993, which is good news. Yeah. What a lot of people aren't aware of is it's still not actually illegal to keep whales and dolphins in a yes. tank in the UK. So if somewhat rich tycoon wanted yeah. to set up a dolphin area and put a captive whale or dolphin in there tomorrow and they had their money to do it, they could. So it's what? Scary. Yeah, it's like scary. Tiger King sort of like level. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, yeah. You have the dolphin king. Yeah. Um, but the reason this is kind of ramping up is because Sea it was uh, off the top of my head. It was I think it was earlier on this year and not last year. But Sea World has opened its first park outside of the US in in Dubai. Yes, and that's currently yeah. holding. It's not going to York, but it's got twenty four bottlenose dolphins. Right, and it's all inside. And there's some UK companies that are they have ties with mm. their you know they there's a shady thing it's yeah, kind dubai of has loose. the money you know yeah. dubai so, is just yeah so what we're trying to do with so the petition went to the downing street in september unfortunately i couldn't i wanted to go i was meant to go with them to hand it in but i was working on a boat in the Hebrides, so i couldn't yeah, go yeah of course yeah so that we handed it we started had this petition and part of the campaign was to get all these signatures and it has gone through government a couple of times but huh. we will be ramping the campaign up again next year so it's kind of it's not it's not over because it's by all means not but it's just ready to ramp up again in the new year so what i'd ask you to do is keep an eye out on way and dolphin conservation social media handles yeah. next year for the next part of the campaign when we sort of launch the next phase 
Do you know I mean, of any? Um, do you know of any places that are considering it? You know, like um, I mean, I guess you don't. You never know what's going on in private collections, but like, or yeah. you know, private holders. But there's I, not to my knowledge. But I don't. You know, I'm not in contact with everybody. No, as you far know. as I'm aware, and there's no pub. And I think the public outcry in the UK would be yeah. completely against it. But the the reason we want to do this is just so that it's completely black and white. Yeah. That you, no one could just because SeaWorld are now branching out into other places. You know, they have t- they're affiliated with Laura Park. Those all. Yes. And Laura Park were yeah. from they they still technically co-own them, right? Um, huh. So it's just to stop because the scary thing is, it's the captivity industry for whales and dolphins is booming in the east. Yes, it, it is, is the public yeah. perception of keeping whales and dolphins since blackfish. I mean, but the thing is, blackfish was t- over ten years ago now. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, it was yeah, it was twenty two thousand thirteen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was May. So it's t- yeah, yeah. Just and so yeah. And obviously, telecoms since died, but public perception has is changing you know that mm. SeaWorld don't do any water work with the with the orca anymore yeah but they're still there performing day in day out they haven't moved yeah. you know their their routines change in the sense that they're not throwing someone off their back anymore yeah but you know they're still there and the scary thing is is if we rescue lions or elephants from a circus they get their semi-freedom in a sense that we've got so many amazing sanctuaries around the world for great apes big cats elephants we have there's only one sanctuary that's in the works for whales and dolphins it's the beluga whale sanctuary in iceland yes so the first one and that's where keiko went so keiko was the orca that was free willy and so he actually spent six years in the sea before he died which is just and i know he didn't make it he did die but pneumonia right it was yeah he got pneumonia and died in norway but he was in the sea for six years and Mm. you think about you know an animal that he nearly so that swimming pool he was in in mexico they, the veterinarians were like, if he stays in this pool any longer, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. He was in a tank with a few bottlenose dolphins. And it was, again, similar to Lolita. His fluke could touch the bottom. He couldn't just swim properly. Yeah. Uh, and it was a good... So in my head, yes, he didn't... He, but he was in the sea for six years. Yeah. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's a, um, an accomplishment, definitely, before, yeah. uh, before he's so, untimely but, death. But... but at the minute, we only have um, we only have the Beluga Whale Sanctuary, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And with COVID and stuff, there's been delays with because the of net course. needed like this extra infrastructure and stuff. So there's been a few delays and stuff, but it's in the works. But what and there are discussions for other sea sanctuaries. So one thing that we definitely need more of mm-hmm. is, you know, there will be a few whales and dolphins that would be eligible for release. Yeah. But the majority probably realistically wouldn't be. Yeah. So we need to provide them with a natural setting where they can swim, feel the movement of the tide, you know. Mm-hmm chase fish because they will be able to catch the odd fish i'm sure yeah yeah totally um but it's not being you know living in a natural setting living in a more natural social structure and not having to perform for our entertainment so the need for ocean sanctuaries for whales and dolphins and again it's not one one size fits all you know Mm -hmm. with a big cat sanctuary okay you you can have a few acres for a tiger or a few hectares for a lion over there you know within the same sanctuary you can have multiple species because they'll be separate but but with whales and dolphins, okay, there'll be a few examples where you probably could, but you know, you can't. Bottlenose dolphins are, you know, are not going to survive in Iceland. You're going to need somewhere. There's ideas for one in the Mediterranean and then oh, one in the Carolinas yeah. or the Caribbean. I mean, bottlenose dolphins again have so many different subspecies that are suited to different t- temperate and tropical waters. That's you know, right. so you can see even within bottlenose dolphins, some are going to be suited to a temperate region and some are going to be suited to a tropical region. It's just a case by case, isn't it? Exactly. You just have to so, assess each individual based on what their needs are, and uh, exactly. you know, an, an so, assessment needs to be done. Yeah. So, and and with orca as well, we need to have different sea pens in different places. So that's the need that's required. Um, yeah. And that's something that I'm hoping to raise more awareness of, you know, in the next part of the campaign in 2024. I mean, that's an incredible stand to take, I think, about, I mean, and you've, 
really, really hit the nail on the head with a sort of prelude to this um, this discussion about it. Mm. Is that obviously I'm a zookeeper. I've been yeah. in zoos for the last ten years, and I I completely exactly see your point as well. Is that captivity serves a lot of animals, and I would say this is the sentiment of a lot of zookeepers, especially ones that have been in the industry for a long time. Is that captivity doesn't necessarily suit every single animal, and you mm. you you know you do the best that you can with some species, but when you haven't, it, it's a it's a yeah. space and it's a money issue, and it's not being able to provide things, complex things that uh, the mm. cetaceans need, that we we just aren't equipped to do that. And uh, so it's, it's such a good point is that, it, you know, captivity has its place, as you rightly said, for for conservation, breeding, for education, for research, whatever it is, mm. for fundraising, you know, for, yep. for wild species. But um, but not it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. And there's exactly. lots of species, particularly marine species, that actually don't do too well in, in captivity. So it, it's an amazing stand, I think, to take. And it's a very complicated stand mm. to take, you know, and and particularly as a zookeeper, it's a um it's a question, you know, that you sort of look inside a little bit and you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. where is my line? Where is my moral line? Yeah. About what is um what is acceptable and what is not. What are we doing well for and what are we not doing well for? Yeah. So it's a tough question to ask, particularly when you work in a captive setting. But I think that's um a great way to look at it because it's a research based argument. Is that we we know we're failing these animals' yeah, yeah, needs. Yeah. You know, it's not even like a, an opinion thing. It's no, uh, it's proven time and time again. Like it has been for absolute decades. And as much as we like to think that animals in captivity, well, there's some people that are very, it's either a black or white issue, you know, it's bad or it's good. In reality, it's a very grey issue. It's, yeah. it's it's good for some, it's, it's not it's a good spectrum. for others. It's it a is. complete spectrum. Totally. And then again, with um, it's a case-by-case basis, depending on the species, depending on the individual sometimes. Yeah. So it's really good to be able to chat about where we could be doing better and sometimes when we need to really just put our feelings aside and look at the research and look at yeah, yeah, what yeah. is actually happening to these animals and um, how we are not providing. Because at the end of the day, we're their guardians. If they're, if they're in captivity, we're looking after them. We're their protectors. We're their guardians. Exactly. We know we need to be doing everything we can. So that's, I think that's a really good point. And that's really something to keep an eye out for everybody mm. next year. I mean, do you know anything about what your campaign is going to look like next year or it's still in the works? Meeting is coming up in a couple of weeks time. Oh. So it's all sort of, yeah. Um, so my contact at WDC for this part of the campaign, she's on annual leave at the minute, but we will be catching up in October mm. to start planning the next the next chapter. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. And I'm excited to see where you go with it, because I think you're right. The public opinion of this issue speaks for itself, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, it's, it's a tough one because you don't want the public to paint every single species with the same brush when it comes to no. zoos. You don't want to, exactly. you know, everybody to think all zoos are bad. We can't keep anything in captivity anymore. But it's just, yeah, it's just looking at the research. It's looking at the facts. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and but that, Billy, that's an amazing topic to end off this incredible episode. We've learned, I've learned so much about orcas in the last hour or so. You've been absolutely incredible. Uh, well, I mean, guys, this has been another episode of Arsehole Animals with Alice. I want to say a massive thank you to the wonderful, the phenomenal, some might say, Billy Heaney for taking time out of his day to talk to me about orcas today. And to everybody listening, we hope that you learned at least one thing about orcas today. Now, Billy, what one thing do you want people to learn about orcas today? If you had to pin it down to one thing. Big Ben's heavier. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it, guys. Mic dropped. (laughs) You know, forget everything he said. Everything else. The bell wins. This is uh, exactly the content of comedy that we like to see on this show. We don't want education here. Education has no place on this podcast. Ah, <laughs> yeah. screw it. It's <laughs>
<laughs> Wonderful. Okay, everybody, remember, bring hand sanitizer with you when you travel on public transport. You never know when you might need it. Drink plenty of water. And most importantly, don't be an arsehole. Bye. Thank you for listening to Arsehole Animals with Alice. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by heading over to Patreon to become a donor. Each donation you make helps me continue to make you laugh and learn about the arseholes of the animal kingdom. You can find me on patreon.com slash arseholeanimalswithalice. It's as simple as that. See you next time.